listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What is up, Huda Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints, uh, Saints podcast presented by Boot Crew, Media Makers Mark, and DraftKings Sportsbook. And before we kind of get into all our topics for this edition that we want to get into, I want to start things off uh, by welcoming Saints special teams coordinator and assistant head coach Darren Rizzi joining us here. Uh, Darren, thank you so much for taking the time to to get on this podcast and have a conversation with us. And I kind of want to just, you know, jump into things. I know that, you know, OTAs have kind of settled in and mandatory mini camps coming up and there's still so much work that has to be done. But what's kind of been the feeling so far, A, for you and and kind of a new role, having that assistant head coach title to your name and also working with Dennis Allen as, as the lead man for the Saints? Yeah, Chris. First of all, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. And uh, you know, listen, it's been a it's been a great spring. I think uh, since Dennis uh, has taken over, I think you know one thing that made it get lost in the shuffle sometimes is, is Dennis and I have kind of been working hand in hand already for the last three years. So we're very comfortable uh, with one another. Uh, certainly very proud and honored that he named me the assistant head coach. And uh, listen, it's been great. Uh, we had a great draft process. We feel like we had a great draft, uh, a, a great class also of undrafted free agents and uh you know the spring has been it's, it's it's flying by first of all it's kind of crazy but uh i know already mandatory minicamp next week um but it's been great you know we you know, this time of year is really about kind of getting the rookies and the new players the free agents that haven't been here kind of caught up to speed i think one of the great things about having dennis uh take over as the head coach is that there's a lot of things that are going to be familiar with the guys that are already here particularly on the defensive side of the ball you know, but even on offense, because obviously Pete Carmichael and the majority of that staff is, is back as well. And so, um, you know, our veteran players, they're getting their work in. But really this time of year, these these OTA practices, I think uh, it's been really, really good for us because we're getting those free agents, getting those rookie, getting that rookie class kind of caught up to speed and kind of laying that foundation so that when we do come back for training camp, you know, we can kind of just hit the ground running. You know, obviously the last two years, you know, we lost this time with, with COVID and we didn't have OTAs and all that. So uh, it's it's been a kind of a, uh, a pretty cool thing, um, you know, to get these guys, get these rookies, get our hands on them a little bit earlier, get in the meeting rooms, get on the field, uh, get some fundamentals, some techniques and terminology. All that stuff is really the important stuff, we believe, for this time of year. So that, like I said, when we come back, uh, we kind of do hit the ground running and, and uh, you know, kind of hit, hit training camp on with a – with a, with a really great mindset. Yeah, absolutely. And you kind of talked about um, maybe familiarity with Dennis Allen. I'm curious for, from your perspective, when you're a special teams coordinator for several years now, you, obviously another year going into it now, um, when you get that title of assistant head coach to it, what, what kind of, in terms of maybe responsibilities, kind of gets thrown onto your plate? And for you, has there been an adjustment period? Is it kind of just smooth transition? How, how's that for you? Yeah. First of all, Chris, it's something that I'm familiar with because I've done it before. So that's been good. I, you know, I was, I, I was in the same role with the Miami Dolphins for a number of years. And so that's been good for me. Uh, you know, I think every uh, team that has an assistant head coach, their, their, their role might be just a little bit different. I could tell you here with me, I think starting off, you know, in the office with Dennis on a daily basis, we're content, uh, constantly talking about, you know, our schedules, our daily schedule, you know, in this time of year, you have the phase one, phase two, phase three, you can do different types of things, have the players for so many hours. And so kind of going through the schedules. Then we have the practice schedules, talking about how we kind of want to handle the daily basis, how we want to handle the rookies as opposed to the vets, you know, when you want to mix different things in, like strength and conditioning. 
and all those types of things. And, and listen, the head coach in the NFL has a lot on his plate. And so, you know, you're, he's always, he's dealing with the entire building. And so listen, sometimes he might be tied up with a different department and, and, and maybe he, I, he sends me to meet with somebody or if he's tied up and, and something needs to get addressed to the team or things like that. So really from an administrative po- uh, standpoint in the office and then on the field and certainly, you know, on game day, it'd be more of a role that involves game management. Uh, it's something I've always done. I, I uh, you know, the challenge process, the review process, uh, you know, timeouts, you know, fourth down management, all that kind of stuff. And so there'll be a constant communication. We, we kind of had a little bit of a dress rehearsal last year. It was pretty neat because when Sean was out with COVID uh, for that Tampa Bay game uh, down in Tampa, you know, Dennis obviously was the interim head coach and, and him and I had a kind of a dry run, if you will, moving forward. And, and, and really both of us felt it went real smooth and we kind of talked through the game management that day. And fortunately for us, it was a, it was a great night. And so, uh, like I said, having having the working relationship with him already, uh, being you know, heck, I, he, he, his office is, was was right across the hall from mine, and so just constant communication. Uh, and so I, I think a lot of that'll be the same moving forward, and uh, that'll kind of be my game day role and and, and the off and the office role. Yeah, certainly, you talked about that being the same moving forward. Something Saints fans are hoping is the same moving forward is the return of Will Lutz at kicker. You know, unfortunately last season had to miss, you know, pretty much the whole year because of that injury. Um, you know, I'm curious having him back, obviously he's got to work his way up, but you know, what is that confidence level for you as someone who coaches the special teams unit when you do have um, a proven guy like Will Lutz back in the lineup? And I know it was a little tough last year having to shuffle through kickers, but what is it like to have that stability at that important spot? Yeah. It, it, listen, it's a heck of a question, you know, um, you know, that's one of those positions, whether it's Will or any of the top kickers in the league, it's one of those deals where you never know what you have till it's gone. Um, listen, Will is a tremendous player. Um, you know, he obviously battled some some injury stuff last year, unfortunately, but uh, really enjoying his progress right now. I think, uh, you know, having him back with the team, you know, not only does Will have a lot of confidence, but he also gives the players around him a bunch of confidence. Uh, the locker room has a lot of confidence in Will. Um, he's very well respected. He's obviously a phenomenal player, and he's proven that in the years that he's played. And so uh, when you have a weapon like that and you know going into the season, you know, you're, you're going to have that back, that certainly changes a lot of things, changes how you, how you maybe uh, manage the game, uh, changes some game day decisions. You know, certainly last year with having to you know, juggle through some guys, you know, week to week it was a little bit of a different uh, scenario maybe with the game management and having all those different people and dealing with a couple injuries with guys and just so you know it was kind of very very unsettled last year so when you get a guy not only when you have a kicker healthy and ready to go but when you get a guy like the caliber of will uh it certainly makes a, a huge difference and so i'm really excited to get him back with us in training camp uh, i know he's working his tail off uh i know that uh he was frustrated obviously just like the rest of the fan base and uh, was last year with, with the way things went down. So I think, I feel like, you know, Will always has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder in a good way. I think that's what make him, makes him so competitive and so, and so uh, productive and good. But I think he has a little bit of maybe a bigger chip this year, if you will. So I'm really, I'm really, really uh, excited to get him out there, uh, you know, get him started and, and, and get him out there rolling, you know, when we, when we start the games. Yeah, certainly. And someone who was, you know, there for every game this past season, Blake Illikin. Uh, I know it's kind of tough because I'm sure you've seen so many great special teams players over the course of your coaching career. And, and you know, his the, the person before him, his predecessor in Thomas Morstead is a pro's pro and someone who Saints fans will love till the end of time. And 
when Blake comes in, obviously there's large shoes to fill, but man, he filled them perfectly. And, and I'm curious from your perspective, when did you kind of get that sense that, man, we might have something really special with Blake Gillikin because there were times last year where he was just absolutely on the money. Yeah. I mean, listen, kudos to Blake for the phenomenal season. Um, first of all, and, and like you said, very, very hard guy to replace, you know, Thomas Morrisett's going to go down as one of the best punters to ever play in the league. Uh, and certainly uh, not just, not just for the saints. And so, you know, tough act to follow, but you know what, Blake's one of those guys that he was kind of like the perfect guy for the role. And I mean that not only from a talent standpoint, but from a mentality standpoint as well, because, you know, anytime you follow a guy that's a legend like Thomas, you know, you're going to have that little that little extra pressure, you know, some extra eyes on you, the fan base, everybody else. There's always that little bit of a agita, if you will. Um, and, and listen, uh, we knew Blake was a very talented player coming out of college. And, you know, what a lot of fans don't know is that sometimes the college punting game can be completely different than the NFL. So you have to be very, very cautious to put too much stock into the stats and things like that of, of, of the punters and kickers coming out of college only because it's a different game. And so, you know, listen, we noticed the talent in Blake. Uh, he came in uh, a couple of years ago in training camp with Thomas and, and right away he flashed some really good ability. And, and at that point it was more, more or less one of those deals where we just wanted to make sure he could do it on a consistent basis. You know, he battled a little bit of an injury towards the end of that training camp. And obviously um, that first year he was on IR. And then, you know, when we came back, uh, last training camp right away uh, he was kind of right back to form and and uh, really did a great job and, and like you said there were some games last year that he was I mean more than on point uh, the game he had against Washington was one of the best punting performances I can remember in in, in recent history and so uh, I think he tied or broke the franchise record for punts inside the 20 uh, he certainly was up in the top 10 in gross and net and so like you said he more than more than uh, did his job but uh, the crazy thing about Blake is I kind of feel like his best football is still ahead of him. And I think he would probably tell you the same thing. As good as he is and as good as he was last year in his first year, uh, he's got a very high ceiling because of his of his talent, his ability, and uh, his mentality. And so uh, certainly, uh, you know, love working with him as well. And uh, it's a pleasure and, and with him every day too. And, and again, another guy I'm looking forward to getting out there in training camp. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure that will bring a smile to Saints fans' faces. When the Saints have a, a draft the way they just did, I know a lot of the attention, and, and rightfully so, goes to Chris Olave, Trevor Penning, their intriguing first-round prospects. The Saints also got maybe some players who can make an impact not just on defense, but maybe special teams this upcoming year with Alante Taylor, DeMarco Jackson, Jordan Jackson. Uh, as you know, a special teams coordinator and assistant head coach, when the Saints make those picks, do you kind of look at them and, and kind of figure how maybe – they could play a role on, on your, your unit as well, or is it something that's maybe uh, too ahead in terms of the planning? No, it's a, it's another great question because it's you're, you're spot on. When we go through the draft process uh, with every player at every position, maybe other than the offensive line and, and the quarterbacks, every other position, um, you know, we, we, myself and Phil Galliano, our assistant special teams coach, we try to watch as many of these draft eligible guys as possible. And, and really when it comes down to it, um, we're trying to have a vision for the player. And, and, and if, if this player comes in and we select this player, whether it's through the draft or if he's undrafted, you know, how do we see the vision? How do we see this guy making the team? Uh, how do we see this guy fitting in with our with our offense or our defense and, and, and as well as the special teams? And so that that's a huge part of the process. I mean, you mentioned a couple of them, Alante Taylor and DeMarco Jackson. Those are two guys that, you know, we kind of pegged 
uh, early on in the process as guys that, you know, uh, were draftable players that we really had a, a clear vision for special teams wise, you know, Alante and DeMarco made a bunch of plays uh, at their respective colleges uh, in, on special teams. And so no doubt, and really that, that trickles down into the undrafted players as well. And so uh, that's what I think Jeff Ireland and, and, and the guys in the front office do it, you know, Mickey Loomis and, and all the guys do a tremendous job in that draft process um, and we, we, I think we identify players that are going to make this football team or have a chance to make this football team. And rarely do we ever pick a player, whether he's drafted or undrafted, uh, that we don't have a clear, clear vision for uh, and how he fits in with what we do. And so special teams is a huge part of that. And a lot of times when you're a rookie defensive back like Alante or a rookie linebacker like DeMarco or some of these other guys like Abram Smith and some of these other guys that were undrafted that we brought in here, we feel like, you know, we're bringing these players in. They have a really good foundation. Uh, they got a great skill set. Um, you know, a lot of it, a lot of the mental goes into it as well. And so, you know, our scouts and coaches do it just a tremendous amount of legwork uh, in the draft process. And so when those names come up on draft day or whether it's, you know, Saturday of the draft and we're talking about undrafted guys, we always talk about every player individually um, and how we feel that that player is going to fit in our system and what roles they're going to fill exactly. And so uh, really excited about the draft class and really excited about the entire rookie class. I think there's some names on there, right? There's some names on the roster right now that fans might not know that once we get into some of these preseason games, I think are going to open some people's eyes, uh, maybe some of these undrafted guys as well. And so it's been, it's been a real great spring with these guys. I, I feel like we have a lot of depth on our 90 man roster. I think there's going to be some great uh, position battles and uh, right on through the entire roster. And so, you know, that, that's the part of my job as a special teams coach. That's one of the most, uh, I guess, fun for me is is getting into 90 man and, and looking at the daily, you know, uh, battles day to day within the position groups, because obviously that's going to affect how we play guys and, and what guys are going to make this team. And so, yeah, that's a really, really fun process and, and certainly a big, big part of what I do. Yeah, certainly. My, my last question before I let you go, Darren, uh, you know, going into training camp, uh, I'm sure, you know, the focus is on everything, especially with te uh, special teams. There's just so many factors that go into it. But if you were to look at maybe last team season, uh, last season's team and then kind of look forward to this year, um, are there certain phases that you feel like improvements, you know, drastic improvements need to be made? Maybe it's it's maybe the return game. Maybe you feel like the kickoff coverage can be better. Is, is there maybe something you've kind of pinpointed as, a, you know, an area that needs to be addressed drastically? Or is it, you know, kind of a clean slate when you approach a new season and just say, hey, you know, we got to check everything across the board. How do you kind of go about that? Yeah. So uh, in the off season, Chris, what we do is we kind of do a self scout uh, once to, you know, kind of as we're after the season, we kind of go through all the, all the phases on special teams. So for example, we'll break down the entire season on the field goal, we'll break down the entire season on field goal block, punt, punt, return, kickoff, kick return. And we will break every single play down that we played this year. We'll break it down by field position, statistically, you know, really do a deep dive analytically into every phase and and listen there's some things we did really really well last year we we finished in the top 10 in the league in a lot of categories and then there's some other categories that we you know we weren't as good and so um when i look at each phase i will tell you that they're you know I, I'm, I'm kind of critical i think there's things we can improve on in every area um you know i think there's going to be things that jump out to the fans like the field goals for example you know we want to be better in that area. And, and, and to give Brett Mark credit, he did a really good job in the second half of the season, kind of settled that down. So statistically we weren't too bad there, but as, as a season, uh, as a, as a 
the entire picture for the whole season. That's certainly an area we want to, you know, stabilize and get better. Uh, you know, listen, I think our kick return, you know, a lot of people are focused on Deontay Harris. So, you know, there's a lot of teams that try to scheme us up with with high short kicks or corner kicks and everything. You know, I think the way we react to those can be a little bit better. Um, and and certainly, again, there's there's areas kind of on every every phase. So, for example, you, we mentioned Blake Gilligan before. He did a phenomenal job last year when we were kind of over midfield and we were kind of kicking into the opponent's end, pinning people deep. You know, I think Blake would tell you that he wants to get a little bit better in the open field maybe. So maybe from the minus 20 to the minus 40, our punts in, in those areas, can we can do a little bit better and knock down some some return yardage from our opponents, so to speak. So, well, like I said, we really do a deep dive, really break down every phase, and we present that to the team and say, hey, listen, this is going to be our focus moving forward this year. And and in every phase, you know, these are the pros and the cons. And so we do it really no different than offense and defense, you know, like no, no different than the offense. We break down the red zone and they're coming out and third down and two minute. We do a, a, the same exact type of thing with special teams and do a really, you know, a, a strong analytical approach and see what we have to do. And what you also have to remember there is, is some of the pieces are going to change. And so as your players change on those units, you also have to adapt and maybe your scheme adapts, you know, around your players. And so, uh, you know, what you what you saw last year might not be the same exact thing we do this year based on who's out there, you know, whether it's the bigger guys or faster guys, smaller, whatever it is, we try to – special teams is a real matchup-driven phase. And so uh, because of that, uh, sometimes that could change some of your scheme. And so, yeah, I mean, listen, we're going to – there's plenty of things we can work on. There's plenty of things we did well. We're going to continue to do those things well. And and those that's what training camp's all about. That's what spring's all about. And, and – uh, this is the time of year we kind of build our foundation and and uh, start building that house in, in week one of the regular season. Yeah, certainly, and, and and that's a great point. And it's always interesting to see how it is kind of uh, you know behind closed doors as compared to what we're looking from the outside. And uh, you, Coach Rizzi, thank you so much again for joining the podcast and kind of giving us a little brief uh, idea of what to expect in training camp, what to expect from special teams. Uh, I do greatly appreciate it. So best of luck going into mini camp, and I hope you guys have a terrific season. Chris, I appreciate you. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Sounds great. Thank you. Once again, that was Saints special teams coordinator and assistant head coach Darren Rizzi. So glad he was able to hop up on the podcast and obviously give us kind of an idea of what to expect this upcoming season from the New Orleans Saints, especially on special teams, because I think that is kind of um, I don't want to say a lost art because coaches are doing a great job of teaching it around the league. But I would say it's almost uh, an forgotten, important phase I've seen around the league. Just think of Packers 49ers in the playoffs this past season. 49ers won that game specifically on special teams, and it's such an important area of the game. And for the New Orleans Saints, while they were battling injuries throughout this past season, special teams kept it afloat, I would say, for the majority, and that's a kudos to uh, Coach Rizzi and what the Saints have been able to do on that side of the football. Now, before I get into everything else and kind of talk about Michael Thomas and a video he recently posted about him running at the Saints facility, which I know has a bunch of fans excited, and rightfully so, just want to tell you guys real quick about a really fun deal we have brewing with DraftKings Sportsbook for next week with the U.S. Open coming up, the third major of the golf season. People can bet $25 or more and get $100 in free bets instantly. There's no better time to join golf than right now. So much drama involving the PGA Tour and the future of it, and I think that's good for the sport. That's going to bring uh, more entertainment and value there. So why not join in on the fun? And I know for me personally, I'm someone who's really intrigued to see how a guy like Justin Thomas performs after winning the PGA Championship at Southern Hills. Can he rebound uh, and have another great performance, or are we going to see a different player crowned 
at the U.S. Open. So don't miss out on the action. You can get all in on it by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app and using the code BOOT, all caps, to sign up, deposit $25 or more, and get $100 in free bets instantly. That's code BOOT only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, I mentioned it before. I alluded to it, and I won't take too much of your time up about this, Saints fans, but Michael Thomas earlier this week on his Instagram story posted a clip of him running at the New Orleans Saints facility. He was kind of doing a sprint. It looked about a 40 to 50-yard sprint, and you know, you don't want to dissect the whole thing and, and kind of get too into it because, again, it's just one video, and there, there's so much to go in terms of making sure that Michael Thomas is at the right stage and his ankle's 100% healthy so he can go, go, he can go out there and be that impact player the Saints know he can be. That said, uh, I can't help but watch that and do get excited and think about the possibilities of what Michael Thomas can bring to this team. And we talked about Will Lutz before with Coach Rizzi and what he could bring to special teams. Obviously, having a player of Michael Thomas's caliber that would only elevate the Saints offense, and we're hoping that's the case. But I do think that we have to kind of pump the brakes in terms of thinking, does this mean he's 100% he's good to go? Because we have to remember two things. A, Dennis Allen told people at OTAs that the plan is for him to be ready for training camp, which kind of means that the plan isn't for him right now to be a full go. So there's still time before training camp, which is a good thing. Michael Thomas can get that, that ankle healthy. And then we also have to remember, I think with Michael Thomas, what separates him more than others uh, or from others, I should say, is the way he runs routes. And I think the best way to put it, he's he's a violent route runner. And what I mean by that is he's so physical at the point of attack, and he's someone who gets in and out of his breaks so physically that you can't help but think about, man, how are you going to stop that? And I think from Michael Thomas's perspective, if he's going to be that really, really, really good receiver, we know he can be, he's got to be able to get in and out of those breaks like he used to. And if he can do that and we see proof of that, then I think we got to start thinking about, man, what does he bring to this team? What can he be? Can he go back to that old form? Until then, we got to kind of wait and see. But I do not blame you guys in the slightest if you're excited about this because, again, it is proof that Michael Thomas is out there and he's on the on the mend, I would say, because there's always so much talk, right? Is Michael Thomas good to go? Is he not? And I think when he puts a video out like this, I think it kind of leads us to believe it's two things. It's either a, hey, don't you forget about me, or it's a reminder that, hey, I'm doing just fine. Don't listen to the other noise. And whichever one it is, I'm just glad we got some type of update on Michael Thomas because you guys know how I feel about the guy. He is one of the best playmakers in the National Football League, and the New Orleans Saints are without a doubt a better team when Michael Thomas is out there on the field. So I'm curious what you guys think about Michael Thomas's little video he posts on Instagram. Are you excited about it? Are you ready to declare him as back and ready to be the best receiver in football again? Or do you need to see a little bit more? I know from my perspective, I think I want to see a little bit more, but maybe that's just selfishly speaking. But I am excited about the future and outlook for Michael Thomas on the New Orleans Saints, as I am pretty much every player for this upcoming season. But once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, Book Crew Media, and Makers Mark. I want to thank you, Coach Rizzi, again for hopping on the podcast. That was just a blast talking to him and getting kind of his feel and his, his sense of you know what goes into coaching an NFL team. Cause I think when, when you think about it, it, you don't really know until you're behind closed doors in terms of the X's and O's and the way they analyze everything. And just to hear from his perspective, uh, it really is a treat. So I'm so glad he was on the podcast. Hopefully we could have more fun stuff coming up in the future for you guys at brew crew media. So with that, without, you know, without further ado, guys, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube page. Make sure you stay tuned for other content, not just from myself, but from other people. Remember John Hendricks has been doing awesome uh, OTA observations for the drive and, 
I'm sure with mandatory minicam coming up, John Hendricks will have some great coverage, as he always does. I mean, the guy's been doing it for, for a long time. He's one of the best in the business, so stay tuned for his stuff there. Obviously, got great Pelicans content all over the podcast network here at Boot Crew Media. Jack Collada recently did a, an interview with Will Lutz. You guys can check that out as well. So a lot of fun stuff happening at Boot Crew Media. You don't want to miss it, so you should go there and subscribe to our YouTube page. That's going to do it for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Houdat Nation. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.